Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Irish Times Business Podcast. Brought to you by Ryanair Business Plus. Business made simple. Hello and welcome to the Irish Times Business Podcast. This is Wednesday, November 5th. I'm Kieran Hancock and on this week's show I'll be looking at the crafty devices used by Irish companies and multinationals based here to reduce their tax bills via special purpose vehicles based in Luxembourg. Joining me in studio is Colm Keena, public affairs correspondent of the Irish Times who was involved in a six-month in-depth global investigation on corporate tax planning by the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists and also by the business editor of the Irish Times, John McManus. Colm I'll start with you. Uh, The Irish Times will run exclusive coverage of your investigations, both online and in the newspaper for the remainder of this week. And you've uncovered that hundreds of companies here are using Luxembourg to avoid paying tax. Tell us more. Yeah, uh, in in working with this consortium in Washington, uh, we've gotten access to uh, thousands of pages of uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers documentation from Luxembourg. Um, where they've negotiated agreements with the Luxembourg tax authorities on behalf of hundreds of uh, companies. And we've looked at the uh, the uh, arrangements that are, that are, that are in this uh, database that concern Irish companies and multinationals with uh, operations here and multinationals that have, you know, sort of brass plate type uh, operations here, all part, all in the context of uh, tax planning. And how does this tax regime work? What's the benefit for the companies? Well, I mean, the first thing I think we could say is that it's a huge business now in, in Luxembourg. You're talking about uh, trillions of dollars being put through this uh, system every year. And uh, from from the companies I've looked at, the way it works is you loan money to yourself through companies you set up in Luxembourg. And by the time you're finished with the process, you've created a sort of an interest charge on your accounts, which reduces your your uh, tax bill. And how many Irish companies were involved? Well, I found some one or two instances of, of native country na- native companies and uh, uh, a few instances of, of foreign companies uh, that have substantial operations here and then quite a few more instances of uh, foreign companies that were using Ireland as part of this structure. Okay, let's just go through a typical example. Mm. Example: Company A sets up an entity, sets up one of these special purpose vehicles in Luxembourg. Uh, what happens then? Well, what happens then is you decide you're going to loan, let's say, 100 million euros from Dublin to your Luxembourg company. And then the Luxembourg company is going to loan that money back to you uh, at 5%. And is the original loan interest free? 
the original loan is interest free. Yes, I should have said that. And uh, so you uh, you you're paying interest to yourself, but you're able to charge it against tax in in Ireland. But over in Luxembourg, theoretically, you know, you should be making a profit, but you're allowed create what they call a deemed interest rate that uh, reduces your tax your profit almost to zero there but uh, so you pay very very little tax over there and the, what's in it for Luxembourg is is there is a tiny bit of profit there that it taxes at its, at its interest rate uh, of 29% so what's in the documents is the people in PwC going to this to the, to the revenue officials and saying we're going to do this and are you okay with our interpretation of the tax law insofar as we're going to do uh, as far as we're going to do this and and they get a yes and of course the other big four law f- uh, accountancy firms are also doing this Okay, and when was this structure set up in Luxembourg? Well, over 10 to 15 years it's, it's developed and the OECD pointed out recently that in 2011 uh, close to $2 trillion went through Luxembourg uh, through schemes like this. Yeah. John, I suppose it's important to say this is nothing to do with the so-called double Irish, is it? Uh, no, well, it's Luxembourg's answer to the double Irish is one way of looking at it. Okay, and... In terms of the European Commission, they're doing an investigation of uh, Luxembourg's tax schemes. They're looking at Ireland's uh, arrangement with Apple. They're looking at some, some other uh, arrangements as well. So what's what's the view from Brussels going to be in this, do you think? I think it's going to be very interesting because um, this morning, 20-odd uh, newspapers and 10 radio stations, mostly in Europe but across the, the globe, will have all come out with the same story, uh, variations on it, all showing how Luxembourg... Uh, facilitated huge, um, what could be best called aggressive tax planning by multinationals. And, um, uh, and of course, this was all happened under the watch of um, Jean-Claude Juncker, who is now the Euro- head of the European Commission, the European Commission takes, takes over, over this week. pretty much takes over this week. And this evening, we'll be sitting down to chair his first meeting of the Euro Group of Finance Ministers. And tomorrow, he has his first ECOFIN um, meeting. So it's going to cast a, a shadow over the start of his... Um, Presidency, because one of the issues that the, this new commission is meant to be tackling is um, uh, the, uh, tax evasion by multinationals, and uh, the, and more particularly the fact that multinationals operating in Europe don't pay tax in the countries in Europe in which they make their money, mm. and um, so it's going to be a sticky, a sticky enough uh, a couple of days for him. But it's interesting, when we think of multinationals, we tend to think of the likes of Starbucks or Apple, US companies who've invested abroad. But actually, there are Irish multinationals which are availing of this, including the likes of Glambia, isn't that right? Yeah, I mean, and Glambia, of course, we need to remember, is a, is a huge company. I mean, they have one of the biggest cheese-making operations in North America. And they um, use one of these schemes that Colin described, where they, they sent some money around through Luxembourg to create a, a, a loss in Ireland to reduce their taxes and build up a big uh, chunk of tax-free money in, in Luxembourg, which, if I'm right, Colm, they then sent off to America to invest in the Yeah, Colm, maybe we'll just talk about Glambia. Glambia, mm. I suppose, grabs most of the headlines from an Irish point of view uh, yes. in this, in this yeah, case. Because about that. In, in the leaked documents, the PwC documents, you can see them setting up a structure like this and agreeing agreeing with the Luxembourg tax authorities. But then when you look at the accounts of the, the Luxembourg companies that they set up, they have three subsidiaries there, and... Um, the total amount that's going in and out of these companies is approximately a billion euro over recent years. And the accounts show you the money coming in at one interest rate or at no interest rate and going out with an interest rate. And the money is essentially, some, in some instances, it's going from uh, Kilkenny, you know, Glanbia House, Kilkenny, um, to Luxembourg and back again. 
outed no interest and back it at interest to Kilkenny to Luxembourg and back. Other instances going from Kilkenny to to the United States. And have and you been able to calculate Luxembourg. how much they've shaved after well, tax bill as a result of all this movement? That, that's a, that's a tricky one. But if you wanted to, you know, what you're talking about, let's say, let's let's say a hundred million euros, and you charge five percent on it. That's that's five million euros, and you, uh, you're reducing your tax bill by your profits by five million euros, and then the twelve and a half percent is the is the tax charge on that, or else twenty five percent if it's you know mm. if it's not a manufacturing uh, company. That's these are notional figures, of course. These are notional figures, yeah. Re- relate not, directly to London. Yeah, so so that that's the kind of thing, and then it's an annual thing, you know. Okay, yeah. and what other Irish companies did you uncover using these structures? Well, another instance of it was um, the Sisk family wanting to put more money into the CIS group and uh, into, and they put it into a company here in Ireland. But rather than going straight into the company in Ireland, it went over to Luxembourg first and as an interest-free loan, eight members of the family, from eight members of the family, and then back into this new uh, company in Ireland and it, it had these attributes that created tax advantage. Any others? Well, there's some, there's some names you might know, you know, like daft.ie, TV3, that are owned by international funds and investment groups and so on. And they have financial operations that they've set up in uh, Luxembourg for their international investments. And so the, the money that's put into DAF.ie or TV3 comes mm. through Luxembourg by way of these schemes. And then there are quite a few of the you know, multinationals that you, you might know, like Covidian, GlaxoSmithKline and so on to have mm. operations here that are part of this sort of these sort of structures. And I presume you've contacted Glombia and the other Irish entities yeah, that are involved yeah. in your investigation. Yeah. What have they been saying to you? Well, I mean that you know these these are these are services provided by a big four accountancy firm. There's no suggestion at all that there's anything anything illegal about about these. So it's uh, perfectly legal. It's perfectly legal. Okay. From just 69.99 one way, new Ryanair Business Plus gives you premium seating, a flexible ticket, security fast track, a checked bag, but no business class curtain. Ryanair. Business made simple. Subject to availability. See Ryanair.com for more details. John, on that point, why should we care then? If these are perfectly legal tax structures, why, why should we be bothered about this? Well, it, it comes down to the basic um, question of how much tax should corporations pay and, and where should they pay it? Um, uh, they, well, we've I, been in the vanguard, haven't we, that they should pay very little? Oh, oh I think so. I think we, we, we can't be too po-faced about it, but uh, conveniently we can part. We're not in the spotlight um, uh, today. But the, the basic uh, point, of course, is that, that uh, corporations exist in society and they must f- uh, foot some of the bill for it. And the argument is how much they pay and where do they pay it. And it's, it's a game that just has been going on for, for well, in a serious way for the, since, since the last 20 or 30 years as they play one country off against the other. And, um, and, and indeed, it's, it's sort of reached a, a tipping point now where the, the, you know, with the, we have this OECD initiative that, that is... Um, uh, Will be one of the things on the agenda of the, of the of the incoming commission, which is an attempt to try and create some sort of a level play, level playing field where countries don't compete against each other for um, uh, for for 
using corporate tax, or at least they all do it off the same base, and that um, and that ultimately com- companies will pay some tax where they make their money. Yeah, Colin John described it as Luxembourg's version of the double Irish uh, in the budget just gone. Minister Michael Noonan, the Minister for Finance Michael Noonan, has effectively closed off the double Irish. I mean, he's laid down the the time frame for which it's going to be ultimately mm-hmm. closed off. It's closed off now to new entrants. Uh, is Luxembourg taking similar measures in relation to this, or is the uh, scheme going to go so on? Not so far. It's made some uh, comments that it will increase transparency, but I think they've got a problem. It's such a small place, Luxembourg, and. Um, PwC have advised their clients already that there's so much pressure on that um, what what these sort of structures might not uh, survive. And I think essentially the way the world's moving is that if you want to have your tax planning, it has to be alongside your substantial business operation. That's not really kosher to have, you know, your big factory in one place and, and, and a, a company in Luxembourg with no employees, with billions going through it for tax advantage purposes. So the, the substance and the and the tax planning will have to be alongside each other, which works quite well for Ireland, I think, because a lot of the multinationals have substantial mm. presence here, presences here, but it's a, probably a tricky thing for uh, Luxembourg. And on that point, does Glambia have any boots on the ground in Luxembourg? No, no. The, 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 the surprising thing about these companies is they, they'll have assets of a billion or so on and no or one employee. Yeah, John, it strikes me that the big losers in all of this might be the accountants and the professional services firms who've been advising uh, multinationals on the structures, be it in Ireland or Luxembourg or elsewhere. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, uh, I'm sure for everybody in uh, an Irish account, in the Irish context, everybody in an Irish accountancy firm who used to be working on double Irishes is now uh, swatting up on the knowledge box, which we brought in to replace it. And, uh, you know, as long as there's tax to be paid, there's going to be work for uh, tax advisors on on, on, on how to pay the, the least of it. But one thing actually in, in, the, in, in the context of Luxembourg is that one of the more really interesting things about this uh, these Luxembourg schemes is that you could get them approved in a couple of days uh, uh, and it seems to be on the basis of a, of, a, of a face-to-face conversation with one particular guy, Marius Cole, who was their sort of head of, of this, this, this division. And he's moved on now, uh, and as I understand it, it now takes up to about six months to get one of these schemes approved. So I think the, the authorities in Luxembourg obviously ha- have known that the lid is going to be blown off this thing for a while. So I expect over the next couple of days we might see a more a fairly sort of trenchant defence mounted by Luxembourg of, of what they do and how they do yeah, it. Yeah, Colm, on that point, is this going to shift the spotlight very much away from Ireland and the double Irish to, to Luxembourg? Well, I think Ireland made it, it was a very smart move announcing that it's, you know, the double Irish, it doesn't exist anymore, even though it does exist up to 2020. That was a good smart move. And it did, I think it, that announcement shifted the focus onto Luxembourg and Netherlands. And the OECD has praised Ireland and criticised uh, Luxembourg since the budget speech. And this will help to add the pressure to Luxembourg and and, and uh, increase the focus on Luxembourg. Though it has to be said, it, these partner media organisations uh, around the globe that were working on the same batch of documents, um, they were very focused on Luxembourg. But quite a, quite a number of the reporters noticed how the Luxembourg structure usually has an Irish aspect to it. So, uh, I explained that to us. Yeah, well, sometimes... Um, You'd set up your Luxembourg finance company and then you might have a, a branch over here in Ireland that where you'd have one person on a phone and a desk minding bil- literally billions of euros and then you'd loan the money back to the company in, in Luxembourg again. And the effect of it would be to make the, make the money tax resident in Ireland 
um, no profit would accrue here, but you would escape a wealth tax that exists in Luxembourg. Yeah, I mean, it kind uh, of sums up the absurdity mm. thing in the way, isn't it? Because if you're if you're Luxembourg, your Luxembourg-based uh, money-making machine was good enough, you could end up with billions in Luxembourg, and ultimately Luxembourg does charge a very small wealth tax, like half of a percentage. Half percent, yeah. uh, but that, but when you've got a billion there, that's, that's fifty million or something. Mm. So to avoid that, they seem to use a, a, a loophole in the Irish Luxembourg tax treaties, which, which if they shifted that money into an Irish branch, Colin will correct me if I'm wrong, mm. you could then avoid the Luxembourg. Uh, wealth tax, and then you shifted it back at, at another time. So, you know, yes. I guess we're all part, it's all one big game. Yeah, and you mentioned the work that the OECD is doing, and that's very much on a global scale. So are they going to bring the likes of Cayman and Bermuda and all these other typical tax havens uh, into the same loop, as it were? Well, I think they, they have already, there's been some moves against them and and I think a lot of American one of the a lot of American companies have moved out of of them because they seem to be a bit beyond the pale and uh, the, the sort of the, the like I say my understanding of the of the what's on the OECD agenda at the moment is is to um, make sure to, is to have a sort of a common base for corporation tax so that yes. you can't play one country off against the other in any mm. using anything other than just the rate that it pays you know the the various other bits and pieces will be neutralised. I think that's one of the interesting things actually it emerges from these documents is that the offshore places have got a bad rep now and so one of the things we have in Ireland is something called a Section 110 company and in, in the, if you look up the accountancy firms they, 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 they advertise the attractiveness of these vehicles and they call them onshore and sometimes the onshore is, a, is it inverted commas, you know. So if you're going to leave the Cayman Islands, the best way to pl- place to be is in Dublin or Luxembourg. And 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 that, so that's, I think, why the focus has sort of shifted, you know, towards these sort of what you might call onshore, offshore uh, locations. And when is the OECD likely to complete its work and when are we likely to know for sure? Uh, precisely how tax regimes are going to work into the future? Well, I think the OECD's work will be finished by the end of next year and then governments have to implement the suggestions or not implement the suggestions. And meanwhile, I think America is looking at tax for reform and a huge proportion of this debate is about how the rest of the world deals with American tax policy. So, um, so that's quite an interesting thing. If America changes its tax policy, it changes everything, you know. And on that point, John, we've had some midterm elections uh, in America. The Republicans have control now of the Senate and the House of Representatives. There's an election coming in a couple of years' time. There could be a, a change from Democrat to Republican. Might that change um, the landscape in, in terms of corporate taxation? It's, uh, it, it's really hard to predict because um, for all its uh, flaws, the American tax regime has produced some of the... still produ- America and its tax regime is still producing the most successful corporations in the world. Google, Amazon, all the big players, they're all American companies that have grown up under the American tax system, use the American tax system to their advantage. There's a touch of... Uh, you can't quite say it ain't broke, so don't fix it. But, mm. you know... You want to be careful that you don't fix it too well, and you, because as Colin says, the American tax system actually confers considerable advantages on big American corporations, or it would be changed. And if American big American companies want it changed, it'll be changed. Outside of that, I, I don't. I'm no. Amer- I'm no expert on American policies, American um, 
politics. Uh, politics, but, uh, you know, I, I can't see some uh, unilateral um, move to make American corporations pay more tax in America. Mm. Colin, do you get any sense that when the double Irish is out of the way and, and this Luxembourg arrangement is sorted out, whenever that might be into the future, that Europe's attention might then switch to our 12.5% corporate tax rate and this whole discussion about harmonising corporate tax rates in Europe and the Eurozone uh, might gain more momentum? Well, uh, if you want a layman's view on it, I think there's, a, there's good reasons for, for believing that all of the debate and the controversy that's going on at the moment could work out quite well for Ireland because people think, seem to think that the 12.5% is a straight rate and is a, is a reasonable rate. And uh, a lot of people think that. And that if it's, it's allied to a, a real substantial operation that is exporting its products uh, around Europe and further afield, that that's a very justifiable model. And um, so it, it's possible it could end up uh, it being beneficial. I mean, if, you, if you're closing down offshore, I mean, remember all this double Irish money was heading off to Bermuda and elsewhere. And uh, so if it gets stuck onshore, so to speak, Ireland is one of the more attractive places for it to be. OK, that's it for this week. I'd like to thank the producer, Sinead O'Shea, researcher Declan Conlon and sound engineer JJ Vernon. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com